Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me is not the gold standard in ghost hunting. No, he is out on a tour with his lovely in Scotland taking pictures of double shot Starbucks. So there you go. But anyways, I have someone here who's probably a little better than him anyways. Uh, even more a little entertaining, I don't know, but we'll find out shortly. He has been on the show before. Uh, he is Andrew Taylor. Hi, Ron, and hi, everybody else. Uh, it's great to be back on. Uh, I think it was about last August the last time I was on. And as you're saying, uh, Mr. Parsons is touring around north of the border, getting everything tartan, I think, including lots of Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's, he's uh, whatever. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, Andrew, uh, for those who don't know, you are also uh, a psychic medium. Is, is that correct? That's correct, Ron. That's correct, yes. I'm, I'm still a psychic medium. I don't do as much as I used to. Um, generally, I, I try just to do the investigation stuff now, the, the haunted stuff, rather than uh, giving people personal readings. Right. And uh, you... No, I, I, I'm not quite sure, but do, do I understand you work at Bickling Hall, or are you associated with Bickling Hall, or, or what's quite the relationship there? Well, uh, my partner and I both volunteer there. Um, oh, okay. I work in, I work in the hall as a as a house guide there. Uh, my partner works in the the shop there, but we also live on the estate. We've got an estate cottage, which is also with the National Trust, and we're tenants of the trust. Really? So we're we're not. We're, we're not more, more than a stone's throw from the big house itself at the moment. Oh, that's that's pretty amazing. And and the uh, the cottages that you uh, live in, is is that part of the original uh, estate? Uh, uh, do, yes, you know how, do you know how well, far hall, back it goes? We, we've got some ideas. The hall itself dates back to about 1620, the current building. There's, there's been a building on the site since the 1300s. The cottage we're in at the moment is probably about 1675, so not too long after the big house was built. And obviously it was built for people that worked at the hall back in the day. Maybe gardeners, maybe grooms, um, maybe just farm labourers. We don't really know that much history of the people that lived in these places. Uh. You know, because uh, right now over in America, uh, Downton Abbey is, you know, it's quite the, the hit. It's uh, It has its own cult following here. And, uh, you know, one of the, the, the new ones that's going through is that they are having uh, problems with the estate where they have, uh, like, the, the farmers uh, who actually take care of the farms living in cottages on the land. And so yes, I, I was yeah. was very, you know, I thought that might be similar to what was going on there with the house you were living in. Well, very much so. I, I should imagine in its early days that was the purpose. Um, the actual cottage I'm in is, is one of three. We're in a terrace, so that's three built 
alongside each other. Ah. Uh, we've got a thatched, we've got a thatched roof. Um, there is some thought that when it was originally built, it may have even just been a cow shed. But really? uh, at some point, at some point, it became three dwelling houses. But I mean, the story is that it may have been a sort of lodging house for servants. We're not quite sure. The, the 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 story of the big house is all there. It's all in black and white, and there is so much known about it. And and then the lesser people, the, the lower echelons of society, as you're saying with Downton, not a lot is known about them. So I don't know where you're up to currently with Downton. I don't know if you've seen the last one at Christmas, or is are you some way back in the series? I don't know what the shed. Uh, we're, we're only in, we're only into the second one of the the last series, so uh, uh, right. So, so you've you've got a way to go. Oh yeah, I've got quite a way to go. So don't no spoilers for us. No, we're not going to give any spoilers. I mean, the, the thing is, it's I, I just think that there's a lot with Downton. It, it, it addresses the social history side, as you're saying, and and that's something that's obviously relevant to a, a country house as you know, such as Downton, or you know, the fictional Downton and the at Blickling. You know, the the people as you go through the ages, we get back to the Victorian period. Lady Constance was then sort of in power down at the big house. Her husband died at quite an early age, and she spent the last thirty years of her life there, from uh, eight. 1871 to 1901, and she was a, ben- a very sort of um, benevolent person. She, she, she sort of looked after everyone. That she got gardeners down at the house, and they were tuttering around, looking like ZZ Top. You know, she died in 1901, mm-hmm. and there were gardeners there well into their dotage. And I think all they did all day was walk around with a pot plant. And she just kept them on. She she hadn't the heart to sack anyone, bless her. So, you know, when she did finally go, then, you know, they had to have a bit of a, a weed out. And, uh, you know, they, they were still very sort of uh, welfare orientated. I think they'd reached so, that point where they, so what, let's, they had to look after stuff. So let's go a little bit into the history of Bickling Hall. Uh, first, where yeah, is it located? Yeah. And and give us a, a synopsis of the Hitley. Yeah, the Hitley. The, uh, <laughs> the history of the place up until... Uh, where you left off there, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, yeah, not, not, death and beyond. Yeah, well, not a problem. I mean, the, the house that we've got here at the moment was built in about 1620 to 1625. It was built by a gentleman who was uh, Sir Henry Hubbard, and he was the chief... Uh, lawyer in the land. He'd got no social standing. He'd sort of self-educated, self-made man. So he got a lot of money, as all lawyers seem to have. Uh, He married well, and from there on in, he decided he wanted to found a dynasty. He bought uh, a run-down estate, the Blickling estate. He got sort of... um, He'd got his eyes on it because at some point it was obviously connected to the Boleyn family. They'd owned it. And, I mean, the legend is that Anne Boleyn was actually born in the house that preceded this one. Oh, really? And he founded the house. Yeah, he founded the house on the on the actual foundations of the Tudor house. And he developed it. And from that point onwards, it went through about four or five generations of his family. And then it went sideways through marriage. As you know, it's it's primogeniture. It's the oldest male in the family that inherits the, the titles and the wealth. So when the, the male heir, the, the line had run out, it, it, it was obviously off by marriage. And then we end up, end up with the family of the Lothians coming in from north of the border. And they sort of take over for the last sort of 250 years of its history. The last one uh, living there, they bequeathed the house to the National Trust on his death in 1940. So it's been with the National Trust now for 76 years this year now. Did you say so 40 it's, it, or 14? It's an, oh, 
1940? 1940. He was our ambassador to Washington at the time. It was obviously the early days of the first, of the Second World War. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he he was over there. He'd, he'd been persuaded by the Astors to become a Christian scientist. So uh, against uh, against all the best advice, he had a, a kidney problem that could have been sorted quite easily. And he elected not to be treated for it. So at 58 years of age, uh, unfortunately, he passed. And it was within his will that he gave the house to the nation. So that's where we end up living again. (laughs) So for the last 76 years, it's belonged to the nation, along with 130-something cottages spread over the estate. And we happen to be one of the tenants. So obviously work there. Has anybody ever tried to do research on the the cottages that are, are... Uh, surrounding the hall, there, there is, the hall. yeah. There's also there is also yeah. There's always this sort of movement to try and find out more about the, mm-hmm. the as I say, the lower echelons of society in those days. Right, right. Because uh, it, it, with through sort of things like Downton Abbey, the, you know, and and you going back several years now, we had upstairs downstairs, uh, oh, yes, the Bellamy's, yeah. and, and all of that. All of people that. have always had. This is it. It's this affinity with the underdog, I think. And I, you know, if I was working at the hall in the day, I'd probably be the, the guy looking after the pigs sort of thing. I don't <laughs> think I'd be the big... I don't think I'd be his lordship by a long shot. But, yes, I think everybody has that empathy with the, with the people, that you know, that were ground down. And, yes, there are moves afoot to do that. And, you know, we can follow the, the sort of history of this place back to the early part of uh, the 1900s. Yeah. But beyond that, it, it sort of gets a bit lost and a bit muddied. You know, we've, we've got tenancy records that yeah, take that's us Yeah, I was up, thinking you know, tenancy records and, and births and deaths. I mean, they might show up something as well. So uh, I find it all fascinating. That's why I, I, I mention it. Well, I know through Steve, I know your wife's also very interested in Anne Boleyn, so... I mean, when I came here, there was always this, they, they always claim it's a tenuous link that she was born here. But um, looking, obviously, the way that the discrepancies come about is because um, they didn't record the, the date of birth of women or, or girls oh, because okay. they, were, they weren't important. So they don't really know when Anne's date of birth was. But looking at letters that she has written or she wrote and her signature and the dates that are on those and the maturity of those letters, I'm tempted to believe that she was born at Blicklin and then moved to Hever Castle with her family, probably as a toddler. So I don't think she was here for any great length of time, but I do believe she was actually born in the the big house here that stood on the site of the existing one. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that, I mean, she was royalty, so I would assume that there would be some mention of her in, in the uh, records uh, about her birth. Well, well, they, they wouldn't at that point in time. Ron, she she wasn't actually royalty. She was she was of a, you know she was the offspring of a country squire. She was nobility. Oh, oh, oh okay, my, my uh, bad, my bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but as a but as a child, yes, she she wouldn't have been recorded. Obviously, we know the date of her death. We know it was May the nineteenth and fifteen thirty six, and that's all recorded. But her actual birth, no, it wouldn't have been. If she'd have had, well, her brother's dates of birth were all recorded, but then they were expected to because they were going to be the heirs to the estate. So, right. unfortunately, so, we know it, things went pear-shaped. So. Uh, when royals are born, when, for instance, uh, you know, it, when, when a royal is born, like Princess Anne, it, her date is recorded, right? Oh, yeah, even back then that would have been the case because that's, you're going up to a completely, you know, a level Different much more 
Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete different echelon compared to the nobility that were out on the on the land. You know, we, we've got this sort of feudal system in the UK, and some people still think it's there. You know? <laughs> I, I don't think it's quite so bad, but yes, there are even today that we, we haven't got this classless society that people think we've got. You know, there there are still those at the top, and some of us in the middle, and then the rest down the bottom, like me. So, you know, we, we, we've got to work for a living. Yeah. I mean, it, it's also interesting to, uh, you know, so many people in the States, for instance, uh, you know, they're the, the royal files or whatever you want to call them. Yes. Uh, yeah. They'll yeah. eat up everything. I mean, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, uh, I uh, stayed up, uh, got up early in the morning to watch something or other. I forget what it was, being honestly now. It might have been a wedding. Yeah, it was a wedding. It was the it must have been the last wedding. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I get up and yeah, watch Yeah, Prince that. William, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, well, I mean it's intriguing. I th- I, it's, it's something that you were connected with and you've no longer got. I mean, you, you've got the Obamas, obviously, so you've, you've got that <laughs> sort of things. But, yeah, but, please, please. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> but you haven't, got, you haven't got royalty, if that makes exactly. sense. Yeah. I think it's the pomp and ceremony, isn't it? It's, there's a lot of it's a this mystique that's around that sort of level of society, and it, it's just what they, you know, they're, they're figureheads now. Although they haven't really got any sort of clout politically, and any time yeah, they do exert any influence there, they get knocked back. But the interesting thing about it, though, is yes, they, they do have quite a bit of influence. Like, can you say? That they don't oh, in a roundabout in a roundabout and, and way, financially yes, they, alone they have a great deal of influence uh, and also yes, I mean everything as far as tradition wise is is associated with them and mm-hmm. uh, you know I mean even even during World War Two I mean the, the royals were kept in the loop as far as what was going on with the the war and everything else I mean it's not like they were totally divorced, like, oh, the royals would not have to pay any attention to them but I think why we're so fascinated by the royals is because. What you have is actually living history. I mean, this is something the, the royal family's been around for how many years? And so, I mean... Several thousand, actually. Exactly. So, I mean, this yeah, is, yeah. you know, giving us a glimpse of some of a time a long time ago. Yes, it's changed, but it's still a glimpse, and there's still a lot of the traditions that have been carried on for hundreds of years. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's, that's a valid point. You know, it, it's it's... It's something that you don't have, you know. I, I, you know, I'm aware roughly how your politics works over there, and but there is just very no, badly, there's very nothing. Badly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, no worse than we do in this country, but you know, there, there's nothing that actually works um, the same as a royal family. And as you say, it's it's that, it's that sort of etiquette with it, and it, and if people just always like the, as you say, the, the royal files, they like these these insights into what's occurring. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and when they see the um, the changing of the guard at the palace and, you know, people with, well, the guardsmen with the busbies on stood there to attention all day and, and then they challenge them and whatever and they get chased off. But, you know, we, there's been one or two YouTube videos of them threatening them, <laughs> tourists of late, where they've actually put their hands on the guards because you're not allowed to do that. You know, they're, they're still there to serve a purpose. Uh, and that's to protect the royal family, as you say. They're, they're important and they are protected. And I think to some extent, yes, you know, King George VI during the war, they stayed in London along with the princesses. Um, 
And yes, hats off to them for doing that. Um, the, the palace was bombed. They had a sort of empathy with the people in the East End who'd, who'd copped it in the Blitz. So there was all that going on. They're, they're almost, they are this, this figurehead and they, they have been accused of being political puppets and they, they have been quite outspoken at times. I mean, Prince Charles is, is well known for it and Prince Philip in his day, he could sort of uh, be, be quite challenging to, uh, mm-hmm. to those that sort of, yeah, he'd be quite outspoken. But um, generally, yes, they're kept in the loop and, you know, the Queen gives a speech at the opening of Parliament every year after the summer recess, exactly. but her speech is written for about the Prime Minister. Interesting. She, she obviously gets to read through it in advance, but yep. <laughs> but it's not her that, speech. <laughs> well, do you know that uh, the United States uh, originally we were going to have a king? Yes, yeah. Yeah, originally they wanted to make George Washington king, and uh, he refused because uh, that's what they had liberated themselves from. And exactly, yeah. But yeah, so a lot of people don't know that, believe it or not. Even Americans, uh, it's uh, it's an interesting fact in history. So uh, Blickling Hall is it is it a large place or uh, as far it's, as it's one it's one of the largest stately homes in the country. It, it's probably well, it's the biggest property that we've got in the east of England as the National Trust. Um, the estate alone covers 5,000 plus acres today. Um, obviously, in its time, wow. it was a little bit bigger. And as I say, there are 137 cottages. Uh, I think there's four or five of those holiday lets, and the rest are let to local people. You, you've not got to work at the hall to get one, but you've got to have local connections to actually get one or, 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 or work at the hall or be of some use to the local community because when you've got an estate like this, it's got to have a vibrant community to, to survive. You, you can't just make it um, a dormitory suburb for solicitors working in Norwich 12 miles away. You know, they've, they've got to be real people doing real jobs and the benefit to the estate. Oh, that's great. But, but, but the house itself, um, well, I mean, anyone can Google it, really. It's, it, for me to go through a description, uh, I believe if you go online um, and obviously do a search for Blickling Hall, there's a 360-degree virtual tour that you can take along oh, the tour excellent. route that we do. If I can find that link, and I'll put that on the... It, uh, the there is a link, there's a link there, page. and it's... It, it's absolutely incredible because you, you go into the hall along the tour route and obviously you can actually zoom in and look around all the rooms at the paintings, at the, the sculptures, the furniture. And, and for anyone that's into antiques and that sort of thing, it's, it's well worth a visit. I, don't know, I mean, if you're into the ghost, if you're right. into the ghost there as well, then that's another thing. You can go and look at those. Well, you can go in the hall in the day and imagine what it must be like at night. Obviously, some of us get the, the privileged thing, that the access that we can get in there. That, that was what I was going to ask you about before I get that. But I had a question. If they go online and they go through the rooms, will they see you hiding somewhere in there? I'm not I'm not going to jump out looking like the girl from The Ring. It's, uh, it's not one of those videos. Okay. It was done by by one of these companies that actually does them professionally. And it's, it's, it's very, very good. I mean, you can literally roll your head up and look at the ceilings, the plaster work. Is, oh, that's and awesome. it, there's no sort of lag... I've been on some and they've been a bit jerky, but this thing's absolutely fluid. It's incredible to look around. And it now, surprises me when I go on it, I spot things that I didn't know. Right. It's not a live video uh, feed. It's it's a it, production 
thing, right? It's a production thing. It's 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 as I say, it's it's completely interactive. You you can actually go all around the rooms. You can turn around. You can move into the corners of the rooms and look back. And and obviously, you go up the stairs and you can look around all the room, the bedrooms, the the kitchens. You get to see the lot. Mm-hmm. So, but it's. Uh, it's it, you know, it sounds very intriguing. And in fact, like I said, I'm going to find this link and I'm going to make sure it's yeah, on our, yeah. our Facebook mm-hmm. page. Uh, so I have to ask you, are there any ghost stories associated with the halls? There are lots of ghost stories and there's lots of big sort of legends surrounding Blickling. Um, I'm sort of, because obviously I'm, I've got my finger on the pulse and I sort of talk to people who work there. Are, there are two couples that actually live in the hall they've got flats in the hall oh, there's wow. the house steward he's the head house steward i'm sort of one of his sort of minions and then there's the house manageress and she lives with her partner he lives with his the house steward but you know they are in the hall 24 7 mm-hmm. but then you know they, they even they are sort of you know a bit dubious about things but they'll they'll sort of let slip to me at times little experiences they've had that they couldn't quite explain and and then I get to talk to people in, you know, doing the job I do as room guides. And uh, they'll say to me, the first words are, of course, not as I believe in anything like that, but three weeks ago <laughs> I was in this room and there was a little dog running amongst the pe- people's legs. Well, nobody's going to let a dog in, you know. <laughs> and it, well, it turns out it's quite a common legend that this little terrier is there and it, it actually apparently belonged to Lady Constance. As I say, she was there in the, the late Victorian period, dying in 1901, the same year as Victoria. But that's been seen so many times and by people who really aren't, are staunch disbelievers. This is the thing. It, it's probably one of those sort of gentle spirits that it's not going to take a lot. It doesn't really challenge you because you can't really interact with it in any sort of shape or form. But okay, yeah. But then obviously we've got legends of Anne Boleyn returning every year and on the, on the date of her execution and on the 19th of May, which is obviously the incorrect date because of the change in the calendar mm-hmm. in the late 16th century. Uh, they should be there about 12 days later, I believe. But, um, yeah, the 19th of May every year, we, we do have an event down there with one of the local authors, and we tell ghost stories to select members of the public who've paid the fee. But oh, you can cool. walk down to the gates. You can walk down to the gates about a quarter to midnight, and there'll be 40, 50 people parked up in their cars waiting for Anne to come in her carriage with the headless horses. Oh, excellent. So it's, <laughs> and, and yes, I, I, I mean, I have actually gone down there on the correct date, which I think is about June the 1st, according to the calendar now. And no, I've not seen her. I, I don't think Anne herself would go back there. But um, I've seen and heard things myself. I mean, the, the mostly apparition that I saw was on a sunny Sunday afternoon. Um, I was in the South Drawing Room. Um, and I just happened to glance around. Nothing was further from my mind. I was just checking upon the public, seeing they were flowing, and it was starting to get quiet, sort of late afternoon. And I just glanced around, and I saw what I can only describe as the head of shoulders of a woman, sort of in a grey light, step out of the window recess and dissolve before my eyes. I wasn't tuned in. I mean, you know I'm a psychic, and, but I'm yeah. also looking for that, that physical experience beyond my, ex, my, my psychic experience. Right. And it was, it was definitely outside of that. 
you and know, she just you know, melted I, before my you, eyes. You brought up you brought up two actually two excellent points. The first one is mm-hmm. anniversary deaths. A lot of people don't realize that, and they think they forget that the calendar has changed over through the years, among other yeah, things. Yeah. You know, even even the account for daylight savings time and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's a yes, lot of things yeah. that have changed uh, through uh. the years, and so they have these anniversary hauntings, but. Are they really? And and once again, you know, you will have people from mediums and and everything, and other uh, paranormal investigators say, uh, time is 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 uh, unimportant on the other side, and, and yet we still have these anniversary hauntings. So, so why? <laughs> yeah. it, well, the one can contradicts the other, really, doesn't it? Exactly. I, I, I always put it down to the simple fact that yes, we do get anniversary hauntings. And we get them on the basis that this is the stone tape theory. These are the things that you can't, as a medium, tune into. They're not a spirit, as we'd sort of, you know, have a conversation with. They're right. recording on, on whatever, the ether, the, the stones, the, the glass, the water, and they are replayed. Something triggers them at that specific time. Um, it Maybe it takes a, a sensitive presence to do that, but that, that's what plays those recordings. And yes, I do believe in them, but to say that it's the 19th of May, as you say, with that big change in the calendar, I think it was about 1585, we we moved by about 13 days, then yes, it it should be about the 1st of June that they're coming up. But I've been down there then, and and she doesn't come, as I say. (laughs) I'd love to see her. I mean, you know, we, we get incidents in our cottage that intrigue me more than actually wasting time standing outside Blickley looking for a Berlin. Oh, we, before, I mean, we've, we've lived here, what, three years now, and we, we've had... Uh, initially, it was very quiet. We were hoping for something, and, and yes, we, we've had probably five or six incidents over the three years that aren't psychic. They've been witnessed by myself and my partner, and they're, and they're sort of physical effects that have happened in the cottage. Hmm. So, you like, know, you, like, you, you sort of... Would you like to describe one? The, the, the very first one, I think we'd been here about a month, and we were both pretty sort of disappointed. We'd had nothing happen. Yeah. Um, our, our bedroom's downstairs, and we've, we've got what we call the dressing room on the back addition of the house, mm-hmm. and there's an old wooden door goes into that, and we were laying in our bed one night, just going off to sleep, and all of a sudden, from the corner by the dressing room door, I heard a humming noise, like, bit, like a, a lady's voice or a girl's voice, and it was sort of hum like that and and I turned around to my partner I knew she was there and I said did you hear that and she went no I didn't hear anything and well it's me I'm imagining it so anyway I got up the next morning and I said to her well did you hear that last night and she said what that humming and I went well why didn't you admit it she said I was frightened (laughs) oh really (laughs) and and yes we've had there's a lot of we hear mum call quite a bit a little girl's voice around the house um Things out so, the corner of the eye. There's, there's lots of shadows moving, and but nothing bad, nothing nasty. I, I know we're coming up to the break, but I, I have to ask you a question now. Uh, you said you heard mum. Is mum a term that is used by all members of the uh, uh, the society from you know the lowest to the highest? Uh, I think what, what the, I think when, when we're looking at mum being called in here, it would be you know a, a child addressing its mother. Uh, we, we use mum or or mum or mum. 
So mm-hmm. that, that's probably, uh, you know, obviously you, you, you've changed that slightly. I don't know what the children call their parents in America these days. I know what I oh, get called. I don't online, want to know. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely not, not not loving dad and whatever. So, yeah, mum, it sounds like a child addressing its mother. And we've okay. had that quite a few times. So there's a tunes, which means we have to take a break. So uh, we'll be right back with you. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolk and our special guest, Andrew Taylor. Here on Tojanet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Crackle Radio, or Ghost Box, or wherever the hell else will be in play. We'll be right back after the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Kolek, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. You are here at the elegant Brentford Hall, the Downton Abbey in Baltimore. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you to tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles and Next Generation. On Tokenet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tuner app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. Of 
Boy, I don't even know what that was. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles. <laughs> International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, and beyond. Our special guest is Andrew Taylor. And we were talking a little bit about Bickling Hall, where uh, Andrew volunteers and also lives in one of the cottages uh, on the Hall's property, which I found interesting. The other thing you had mentioned, up and mentioned Andrew, before the break was uh, that you had seen the head and torso of uh, a spirit. Uh, yes, that's a fact, yeah. <laughs> why, you, why? Wait a minute. Before, the question associated with that is, is why do you think we don't see like a full apparition? We only see a part, like a head and a, a torso. I mean, I know I have another case up at the Wyndham restaurant where they saw a little boy in knickers, but they only saw him from the waist down. So, what? What? Why do you think we only see these half figures? Well, I, I, I mean, a lot of the old explanations used to be that figures would be walking three feet above a floor level because the yeah, floor has been removed right. and and all of that. And, and I don't think that rubs. I think a lot of it is that we're not meant to see them, and I think they're in the process of either forming or dematerializing, to use a sort of cliche term. So, I think that's what I saw. I think. You know, she she'd served her purpose. She was obviously by the window. Perhaps she was looking out at the gardens, and she just sort of stepped into the room, and and that was the end of what was there. It wasn't meant to be seen by anybody. I think I just glimpsed something that was almost secret. You you feel very voyeuristic when you when you catch something like that. It, it's a it's a snapshot in time. Um, I didn't connect psychically. I didn't attempt to. I didn't right. need to. It was something that was crystal clear to me and and very real. So. You know, I know people have got different opinions as to, as to mediums and what we can and can't do. But um, no, it, it was, and I think that's, that explains a lot of them. I think you're just seeing something that's half formed, that's finished doing what it's meant to do, and, and it's on its way out. It's, it's, it's fading. So I think that's what it, I, I could definitely make out that it was a lady with long hair, the top half of the dress and the shoulders. And, and as I say, she stepped in, it was like smoke. It just dissolved, it ran down and gone. So do you think it's like, uh, I, I don't know if you remember the old-fashioned light bulbs. When you shut them off, they didn't go off instantaneously. It was an like, afterglow almost. Yeah, it yeah, kind of like yeah. faded. And, it's uh, like that. You think it is, huh? It's, it's, it's almost like they've, they've, they've taken what energy they needed to build mm-hmm. and they're dissipating that. Um, the um, what, I can't think what they call the things <laughs> in the electronics industry. You've got capacitors, yeah, and they take a charge in. They're not a battery as such. They'll take a charge for a certain moment in time and that's used to either spark up a transistor. But then when that's dissipated, it's gone. And I think you'll see in that, you'll see that's what spirit does in that effect. Um, now, I, I, you know, I'm not even certain that this grey lady, which is, is frequently seen in Blickling, um, it's been described as being unbelievable. I don't think it is. Um, right. Basically, because she stepped off a step that only existed since Victorian times. Mm-hmm. And she, the, the, when, when I say she stepped off, I actually saw it because people say you didn't see her feet. I saw the head descend mm-hmm. that sort of amount as if she'd stepped off the step. Right. So, yes, I put her firmly in the Victorian period. And I don't think she was there to interact with me. She wasn't looking for a psychic connection. Once again, perhaps one of these anniversary things, it's just it's recorded on the ether. I, I was fortunate to catch it. Other people have seen, uh, you know, similar things of her in corridors, in the, the long gallery she's been seen, glimpsed for a moment and then gone. 
So I think they're just being fortunate to to tap into it at the right point in time. The the interesting thing about it is that, like, if you look at Hollywood uh, horror films where you have, uh, you know, demonic ghosts and so forth, and they come back, I mean, they're very much in our realm. So it doesn't matter when the place was built or when it wasn't built, they're in our realm. Do you think that occurs, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about demonic things, by the way, I'm talking about any <laughs> spirit. spirit. Uh, I just use that as an example. Do you think that any spirit is in our realm where, where it doesn't matter what the, it was like in their time, they're actually in our time? I remember, um, to give you a point, I remember... Uh, Brian the Monk, he's a Franciscan monk that I, I, I met when I first started doing this years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And he always uh, thought uh, that if you could ask the spirit uh, what I am wearing, uh, then that would they kind of prove us. it. They, they could prove it because they would be in our realm. Oh, definitely. Def- definitely. Right. I mean, I think the whole thing of me being a medium is based mm-hmm. on that. You know, if, if they weren't a- a- able to occupy the, the the situation that we're in, the exact environment, and to look at me to say what I'm wearing. And uh, yes, I think they, they're almost travellers in time. We've got this thing, you know, there was a film called The Others. Um, oh, that was a good 10 one, years ago now. And well, this was it. And you've got people existing at different time frames within the house, each seeing each other as the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perhaps how it works to some degree. But no, I, I, a lot of the spirits that, well, any spirit that I connect with, it doesn't matter what part of time they're from, they actually are there with me at the point that I communicate yeah. with them. You know, I'm, I'm not taking myself back there. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, talking with Brian we, when we first got involved, when I first got involved in this, and he had been doing it for a long time, is that, uh, you know, he, he always told me the story about the, the, the house with the, there were some ghosts upstairs and some ghosts downstairs, but the ghosts upstairs would never go downstairs because there were ghosts there. You know, they were afraid of the, they were afraid they were afraid of the ghosts. <laughs> It, it, it sounds a little bit like Derek Accor, isn't it? With, oh, there's a children here, but they keep away from him. They're from different periods in time. These so, yeah. the spirits that, they, but they do. I think they must have an awareness of it. If, if they're able to come to our time to mm-hmm. communicate with us and to have an intelligent discourse with us, then I should imagine that they are aware of these other spirits, be they from other times and periods. It must get very crowded when you. You get somewhere like Blicklin that's like an onion, has got so many layers of history. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, it's probably the fourth building on that exact spot. And, you know, we, we've got, I think it was a hunting lodge for the Bishop of Norwich at one point. So it must have been quite a subdued little sort of stone built place. And then it got expanded medieval wise and then developed again in the. Tudors, and then almost completely demolished to build what we've got now. So there are so many layers, and if they all do, or if they're all able to do that, then it, it must be bedlam down there at times. You can imagine them it, running round, and unless it isn't, unless unless they're each in their own little dimensional or their own <coughs> realm. I mean, I, I I've known where I've gone into uh, a room with with two two mediums, and one medium said, "Oh, I see a little boy." playing ball in the corner, and the other one says, oh, I see a grandmother on, on the rocking chair uh, sewing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe they're both. Maybe they're tapping in each. They're both different. right. They're yeah. both right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've worked, 
I've worked collectively with mediums. I think the, the biggest one we ever had was at uh, Margham Castle in um, South Wales, back to when I lived there. And obviously Steve wasn't with me on it, but um, I think I've got three mediums with me on one occasion. And independently, we took groups round and sort of did uh, what we could do. We read different rooms and, and then we got the groups to compare the notes. And it was intriguing how, yes, we got different, but then there were certain things that we all hit on. Right. Certain relevant spirits that, that sort of every one of us picked up. But I've always said if you walk into a party full of people, you're not going to click with everyone in there. You're going to get certain people approach you and you're going to feel compelled to approach certain people yourself. And then other people are going to approach other people and vice versa. It's, it, I think that's very much how it works. So, yes, I, I, I wouldn't doubt either medium, uh, you know, if they're being sincere and they're being true to what they should be, then, you know, if they're saying this, then you've got to take both of them with either the same amount of salt or you've got to take them. Steve's always said to me that whenever we go anywhere, he will never dispute anything I tell him. If I tell him the four horsemen of the apocalypse are coming through the wall there, then he, you know, that's me believing that. And he's got no, he said, I've got no thing to turn around and, and dis dispute that. If you're saying that's what you see, that's what I accept. And he's always been very good. I know he's very sort of derogatory. It's, it's actually quite refreshing not to have him here, really. So, <laughs> that's, ter that's terrible. Do you know he's going to listen to the podcast? I can guarantee oh, that. Good, so good, he, good. he's going to have some comments on it. <laughs> then he can see how a, a show is properly done. Well, yes, without, without all the banter, yeah. Yeah, without, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, and the other thing, of course, Ron, is I speak proper English, unlike this guy from Merseyside, so... Yeah, it's got a strange accent. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but yeah, anyway. it's, it's, it's definitely... It's, it's the Wirral, so it's Merseyside. Mm -hmm. I suppose so. Oh, that's where uh, Akura comes from too, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. Very similar accent, yeah, yeah. But I think Steve's he's less of the footballer. Derek's the footballer type, and definitely oh, from his he? choice in shirts, I think, and his tailoring, yeah. Definitely much the ex-professional footballer. But then he's he's done very well for himself, despite all the, you know, the, the fracas with him and most haunted and that. So, yeah. uh, you know, all due respect to the man, he's, it's not put him a step wrong, whereas the programme's gone down the tubes from what we've seen this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> and once again, I don't know where you're up to with that, so... You know, oh, we haven't got it yet. We, we haven't got it yet. So You've we'll... not got the new series, so... No, Your diehard fans are going to be even more diehard fans. The acolytes for, for yeah. Carl and Yvette are going to be absolutely, you know, applauding it. But then the reasonable-minded people, when they start looking at it, I think they're going to be of the same opinion that I've got. And I'm not going to say too much about that on here yeah, because well. it's... It's not really the proper place. I can't really comment since I can't haven't seen it, and, and I'm only well, seeing my point of view on the internet. But, uh, but, from, but we're all loving ghost adventures. Yeah. I'm just hearing we're from all the punters, punters, so you know, I mean, yeah, we're, 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 and the social media. I mean, you must have seen the the, the fallouts on that. But yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're all big fans of ghost adventures here, and Zach the Six, Pat Vagans, and his crew. Ah, oh, good for you. So, you know, I mean, it's all entertainment. It's all a bit tongue-in-cheek. But I think, you know, credibility-wise, I think they're head and shoulders above most haunted now. So you've well, got the imitators beating the, you know, the, those that actually started the genre well, sort of well, thing. See, so. see, the thing is, I always take any of those shows with a grain of salt because they're entertaining. For instance, this is a cool yeah. 
there's a cool uh, series called The Curse of Oak Island that's playing on over here. And it's all about yeah, uh, yeah. Oak Island. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the money pit and all that stuff. Uh, yes, I know it, the money pit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, it, these brothers bought the place and they've been investigating. It, it's it's the most interesting show about nothing I've ever seen. It, you know, you get an hour and, and nothing ever happens or they find a piece of wood or something, you know. And, and now recently they found, supposedly, a Roman sword. But when I'm thinking about the source... On Oak Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when okay, I'm thinking yeah, about the yeah. source, which is TV, I'm saying, yeah. well, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's cool, but, yeah. but it's cool, but it, I, I don't really, you know... Die, dying to believe it, uh, you know it's it, it's it was TV. You know if they had an archaeologist up there, it put his reputation on the line to, to do yeah. and 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 covered that whole event. Then you know that would be different, but they don't. So there you go. I mean, I, I watch the TV to be entertained, and if it does that, it serves yeah, its purpose. Exactly. Um, it's- I know Steve was up in arms once again. You've probably not seen it yet. Um, it was a. ITV production, Harry Price Ghost Hunter. Yeah, I heard that. Now, you you know that Steve's a big fan of the man, and um, I actually thought it was quite fair. It was fiction, they'd used his name, and they'd used a little bit of his reputation there, which wasn't Snow White, let's face it, but um, yeah, at the end of the right. day, I, th- I, th- I think it was very watchable, very entertaining, and they've left the, the door open for further sort of stories. Of course. Um, pu- the public interest was saying, oh, it will be bored it will be Bawley. I don't think it will. Or if yeah. it is something like Bawley. Uh, the, the, the actual the episode that was shown, this, this two-hour drama, that was sort of pseudo-Bawley with a lot of the details that were in it. But, um, yeah, very entertaining once again. Steve hated it, every minute of yeah, it. I think yeah. he, you know, he you suffered about... Steve kind of hates everything. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just that kind of person, really. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how he ever gets on with anyone. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Steve. Maybe you'll you'll turn over a new leaf in the new year and uh, become a more likable person here. Well, I've just thought his new name should be Ebenezer, so... Oh, <laughs> good. I am gonna, <laughs> Ebenezer Parsons. It even when works. Listen, <laughs> when he listens to this show, I, I will uh, get an earful. I will guarantee that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but Steve, I love you. I want you to know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do too, Steve. He, he's, he's got to meet Terry's children this year because instead of just myself and Terry going over there, my new partner for, for the week, we're, we're taking Terry's children. So oh, he's lovely. in for a treat, lovely. if I can call it a treat. So, yeah, that's So that's, we, we're that's, over there for a week with him. Yeah. So anyways, of course, we're, he's ready, back, we're he's running back out over of... to you in September. Yeah, he's coming yep. back in September. Yep, oh, for uh, for a Spirit Quest Angels and Demons this year, which is I, I was at a production meeting uh, today, and it is going to be fantastic. And I don't see why you don't go, Andrew, because we always do dress up now, which is right up your rally. The there's only one other person that dresses well, yeah. up. More than me, you. The inv- if the invitation's there, Ron, I, sh- I will come. If the invitation's there, I will move heaven and earth, earth and make it there because I'd be very, very interested in meeting you all and, and taking part in it because it, it, it'd be it's something I've always wanted to do. New England's um, one of those. It's about the only place in the states that I'd visit. That and doing Route sixty six as a road trip. <laughs> yeah, New England somewhere that I'd be interested well, in we'll, visiting. We'll have to talk and, and in the autumn, of course, with, with the autumn colours, yes, you've got to do that, haven't you? So. 
Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk. But anyways, uh, one thing that, that I mentioned was you dressing up because I, I as everyone knows, Anna and I dress up all the time for a TV show, uh, a TV yes, yeah. a video broadcast of this. So uh, you also uh, do a lot of dress up, too. And I noticed that you do a lot of um, uh, uh, military dress up uh, Air Force, I believe. Correct. Yes, um, a friend again, a local author. He's actually a ghost author. Hopefully, we're going to get him on your show at some point. Oh, cool! Um, he suggested. He also does the dressing up. He does the, the reenactments with us, and he suggested that I looked a little bit like uh, Sir Arthur Travers Harris, uh, Bomber Harris, head of Bomber Command during the the latter years of the, the Second World War. <laughs> and from that point onwards, the, the seed was sown, and, and that's who I do on most occasions now. And uh, it used to be just a squadron leader, but now I'm Air Chief Marshal, so I'm top of the, the tree now, and everybody wow, salutes me. Wow, you're moving up me, in the world, but, huh? But, yeah, yeah, but I, I've done that at various events. It started just as squadron leader, as I say, here at Blickling, because the RAF were based at Blickling during the war. It was um, a bomber station at RAF Alton, about a mile and a half up the road. So really? uh, from that... But from being just a tribute locally here, it, it sort of expanded, and we started doing the, these these persons at different events. Yeah, so, so you do these, and it, it ended up, up with us at Duxford last year. So, yes, yeah, we dress up. I mean, so it, we try up, and be so as authentic as possible. So, I mean, what do you do with that? Is is it like uh, is it do you do plays or, or is it just you get together, everyone dresses up? Uh, do you do is it dances? Or, or what's the story? There can be dances. Um, we sometimes, I mean, the, the locally uh, up in um, Lincolnshire, they they do a, a lot of dances in the old hangars up there, 1940s dances. Obviously, we've got a lot of Glenn Miller playing and um, oh, yeah. in the mood and whatever, but you can't beat it, can you? But then, nope. yeah, I mean, what, you know, what we tend to do... You know, that's my favourite all-time song? <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? It's just, it's just it, uh, how could you not tap your feet to that? It's just up there with it. But, yeah, we, we do it, and um, a big part of the work, I mean, we even do pirates, a big part of what we do is is to actually sort of do living history. We actually, we are the people. We don't do playlets. We interact with our fellow reenactors as if they were the people they're meant to so be. So it's like cosplay? Yeah, and we, we've got a backstory, and then the public, uh, as I say, at uh, Imperial War Museum, Duxford, they come in and they can sort of talk to us, and, and we are who we are, and we will tell them about ourselves and what we're doing there, and, mm -hmm. and that's the way it works. So, I mean, the, the offshoot was that I was actually in the film, which is doing the rounds now, so we're, and we, we actually got to watch it at Christmas. I treated myself to the DVD. I didn't waste my time going to the cinema because I was, I was only an extra in it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt for it. It's called Royal Night Out. Royal so Night anybody out. wants to, it's yeah, I'll Royal see if I Night can get a Out. It's a real chick flick, and you know it's 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 set in the um, VE night at the end of yeah. the Second World War in London with the princesses Elizabeth and Margaret, and the legend was that they did go out for the night. Apparently, they went to the Ritz, but this takes it one step further that they went out on the town and they got separated. And it's it's a it's a nice little romantic story that could have been, and I got in it for a couple of shots. So, and it was absolutely incredible because we did it on the 69th anniversary of VE night in Trafalgar Square and on the Mall. So to someone that's got an interest in the Second World War, to be there in that situation with a couple of hundred people who were, you know, dressed up and celebrating in the same way, we might have only been extras for a film, but it meant a lot more to us. Right. So, yes, it was very atmospheric. 
Well, Andrew, if you ever do come over here, uh, Thermal Dan, who is a, uh, a member of my team, uh, he is also a squadron commander for the uh, Civil Defense. And what they do hold is, is they hold these um, uh, dances where they all dress up in, in period and, uh, you know, from the, like the war dances. And uh, they also have like uh, B-17s and everything that they bring in. There's, and, there's, the, uh, there's the big warbirds group over there, isn't there? I've got a few friends that I actually met at uh, Duxford. Uh, one of them, I don't know if you'd be listening, his name's Dale Ritter. He actually lives in Washington State. And he uh, turned up at du- Duxford in RAF kit. And I did put him right on one or two items of his dress that weren't quite right. And uh, yeah, good, but it's good. it's fantastic to it's fantastic to see how you know that this this commemoration it's done out of all due respect for the people that that we lost. You know the people oh, that could pay the ultimate sacrifice, and it's it's to perpetuate their legend. Mm-hmm. I know we're running down on time, time now, but <laughs> I have to ask you: uh, when you go to these events, and some of them in historic locations. Do you find, uh, looking back on your other self, your, your psychic self, do, mm-hmm. do yeah, you yeah. find that there's any attachment with any of the spirits there? For instance, they're seeing uh, people that are dressed up from their era, and uh, so they, they develop a, a kinship to it, or are just curious? Or do you, Does that happen at all? I- I believe that, and I mean, normally when I see spirit and I'm connecting with it, Ron, it looks as right. solid as you or I. But yep. uh, so if, we, if we're at Duxford and there's a couple of hundred of us dressed in period clothing, right. uh, to see spirit amongst them, I'm not going to, they haven't got a little light that sort of glows above them or anything. No. They're very lightly there. And I do believe that, yes, uh, you know, most audits have tried it and other, other groups have tried it, you know, people who are doing serious research. I believe that if you put people into period costumes, I think that spirit will draw close to that and i'm sure that what you're doing with Anne, the work you're doing and that i'm sure that's going to have you know it's going to bear results it's going to bear fruit eventually that you will get closer to spirit uh, they feel an affinity with you there's an empathy there and you're showing and demonstrating that so i'm sure that's going to work at some point and, and you know what's interesting too andrew and this could go along with you with what you do at, at bickling too is i find that you know because i work with the lighthouse and, and to these tours and and so forth and and i'm Mm -hmm. telling the stories and and i think uh it's developing a rapport with the spirits there because the activity especially for me where you know i I actually saw uh a full apparition while i was on tour while it was a tour going on i was i wasn't looking for ghosts i was just doing my regular Mm -hmm. ghost tour and yeah and 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 the activity seems to be getting stronger and stronger so I, i think that uh, spirit, because we're telling their story, because we're we're noticing them, them that that they're more apt to be um, more uh, uh, interactive with us. Yeah, I believe that's so. I'm, you know, I mean, you, what you're doing, you're actually showing. I think it's how you do it. You're doing it out of respect. You know, we, we right. had this little thing about the, the de- demon thing in Hollywood, and and you do find that in a lot of the the TV and the, the film world, every spirit is a you know it's a demon. There's and I've got to say, a lot of it's come across from the Atlantic. I don't know why, but we we never sort of mentioned it. We had negative entities, but we didn't get demons, and and some of them were yeah, they were they were so-and-so's in their in their earthly life and they continue right. that way you don't the line doesn't or the leopard doesn't change its spots yeah mm-hmm. line hasn't got spots has it but you know once they're dead they're going oh, to continue in the same 
yeah, well, this is it. They're going to continue in the same vibe. So, yeah, and, and I think that, you know, generally, no, I, I think we, we, we're at a part, you know, and if you do it out of respect for the spirits, they will respect you and they will give you, they're not performing seals, but they'll give you a glimpse of them. Mm-hmm. They'll give you some chance to connect where it will convince those people present and not, not all of them, but if you get one person in 50 that sort of says, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, that's how it's going to work. You're chipping away at it one person at a time, one skeptic at a time. That's the pizza. Well, that's right. Pizza from the dead is here, which means we've got to wrap it up. Andrew, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I, I know that's... we have actually a lot of things in common, which is interesting. And uh, I'd love to get you over here because I, I think you would, you know, fit in with what I do and everything. So uh, I think it'd be an incredible experience. Yes, I'm up for it. So you know, we'll have to discuss it at some point. Oh, it's sure. It's definitely sure. something I'm keen to. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pleasure being on the show, and thank everybody for listening and and for you to have talking to me for all this time. So the time's flown as usual. It does, and and, and you know we. You you were extremely interesting, uh, all about the the details of Bickling Hall and so forth. It's that was a, a very interesting piece, and and we didn't get to talk as much as I wanted to about uh, the dress up and the uh, mm. uh, the you know the uh, maybe when I'm at Steve's in the in the summer, so August time we'll, we'll pencil it in for then. So yeah, we'll get go. back on then and do that collect as long as we can gag Steve at some point. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, is he? I know that's the sad part about it, but that's all right. He's got his oh. double shot of uh, stuff. It's going to be payback. Oh, he's, he's, he's probably having that right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all he's been doing since he's got there. He must, be, I, I, he must, he must be flying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he must be bouncing off the walls. But, anyways, <laughs> I want to thank you. Uh, anything you want to mention about uh, what you're doing, or uh, can if someone wanted to find out more information about you? Uh, well, basically, I mean, I, I, I'm connected with Steve on Facebook. If anyone wants to pick up via that, it's just Andrew Taylor and it's Bomber. I don't put medium on there anymore. It's Andrew Taylor brackets, Bomber, close brackets. And they okay. can pick me up on there and we can chat on there. There you go. How do you like that? So anyways, <laughs> uh, time has run out, so I want to thank you very much. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work, especially uh, – the work in preservation, which I are really fond of, and uh, you know, God save the Queen. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Yeah. So, good night. God bless everyone. Cheers. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.